your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We have Darren Von Ruden is the Wisconsin Farmers Union president. I'm just doing this off memory now. I could read. Nope, it doesn't say that in your shirt. I thought maybe you'd have a union shirt on. Um, he's uh, in studio with me. And so, you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about politics the whole time. Actually, we will a little bit, right? A little, little bit. It's funny that the farm, the farmers are very affected by the political landscape, right? Yeah, we are, you know, and certainly with what's going on in D.C. right now, uh, the farm bill should have been passed last uh, Saturday and is not. And now with the Speaker of the House in limbo, uh, the farm bill's a bigger question right now. Is the farm bill an every year thing? No, or every it's, it's every five years. Oh, every so, five. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. So this is like. Yeah. yeah. They've, had, they've had five years to figure it out, and it always <laughs> seems to wait until the last minute of the last hour of the last day. Is five years. Okay, we're going to get into this right now. Is five years a good time? Because every two years, the Congress switches, right? And every six years, the Senate, the, the House switches every two years, the Senate every six. They, they have to agree to pass something. Right. And and you, you're like, they got five years to figure it out. Well, every two years, you know, those people flip flop. Yeah. So and then and like, so they, they, I feel like it would be a cram session every time. Oh, we better do this five year thing. Farm bill now with this, whatever legislature is randomly in right. uh, whatever Congress is randomly in that year. Right. You right, got to depend right. on. Yeah. And, you know, and the history of the farm bill has been. Pretty good because the the House and Senate Ag Committee chairs have kind of been the same people for a longer period of time. So yeah. it's mainly those new freshman senators or congressmen that are coming in that have to bring themselves up to speed to get into it. Like uh, Representative Van Orden this year was uh, a freshman congressman and was on the Ag Committee, so he was then thrown into the farm bill debate kind of, you know, in the last fifth of the the time that we have to look at it. Right. So. And, and you have, yeah, a freshman congressman, so he's got to figure out how everything works. And then he's got to get it. So I ha- we did a podcast, not me and you, but we, uh, I did a podcast in here before. And I said, hey, there are people that deal with the legislature and stuff. They, they have a vested interest in how things work. Okay, you got any questions for Darren Von Ruden? He's the farmers, and they they both went, oh, farming. I have no idea, like what I would even. That's I think that's a lot of people. Like, what right. would what do I need to ask a farmer about? You know, and then when it comes to relating to politics, well, Derek Van Orden might be in that same boat. Okay, I've got to learn a lot about farming because I'm on this ag committee. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's it's good that he's on there. It's. Uh... Because Wisconsin hasn't had one for half a dozen years or better, it's sitting on the egg committee, and so it's good that he's there. Um, his voice is essential to agriculture here in the state of Wisconsin, although sometimes I don't think he has the right voice uh, for the majority of Wisconsin agriculture, and and that's a process that you got to work through with pretty much anybody in any committee. If uh, if you agree with him or don't agree with him, you still got to work with him. So how can we get the ideas? across that are going to be beneficial to the majority of the egg producers in his district. Um, 608-785-7914. Okay, so Darren is the Darren Von Ruden is the did I say it right? The, the president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union, yes. And you've been that for a while cuz I've like I haven't seen that name change since I've Oh, Darren was on the show X amount of years ago. That was still Darren the president. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
The first year was 2009. So oh, okay. It's been thir- 14 well, years how are you now. holding on to this thing? Is this the? Are you the czar, maybe, and not the president? Are you elected? Elected, and and on a yearly basis too. Okay. So within Wisconsin Farmers Union, um, well, it's actually every three years I'm elected to the board as the District Five Director, and then every year the uh, officers are voted at uh, by the board of directors, which is Wisconsin state law saying that if you're a cooperative, which is what we're organized as, the board of directors elects the officers. And the board changes all the time, too? Yes. So it's yeah. not like you have them in your pocket. Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. you got to worry. You know, it's it's work, you know, and I think it's the communication skills, um, you know, making sure that you're talking the talk kind of, but also your actions and how you lead and and do things on a daily basis, whether it's on the farm or in the organization. How much of that is your history in farming beyond, I don't know, do you have like a generational farm where you've, you've been doing this since you were zero? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a third generation farmer and the fourth generation, my son Brett is currently buying the cattle machinery from us and another three years or so, then he'll buy the land and the buildings from us. Uh, and then, you know, he'll be that fourth generation, the fifth generation. We've got two granddaughters on the farm. Wait, how many years, you think? Well, in three or four years, he'll Oh, be, you're retiring. He, well, I wouldn't say I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think farmers retired. <laughs> we don't, you know, and that's, that's part of it. It's, it's, you know, my dad uh, turned 81 back in March, and he's still up at the farm every day yet. Yeah, so, right, exactly. You know, that's how that is. Yeah, you know, it's a generational thing. The I'm taking care of him, you know, he's got, you know, they they made enough money to sustain life up up until now and certainly you know we'll take care of them and and you know he just got to get out of the farm to stay healthy too up to the farm to stay healthy what is the uh wisconsin farmers union what is that like can you explain it yep yep so we're a general farm organization um we have members in all 72 counties we have uh 26 chapters so we have some chapters that are multi-counties and then some chapters that are you know just single counties so uh Throughout the state, our membership is a little bit heavier in the western half of the state than it is in the eastern half of the state. But we focus a lot on family farm agriculture and really how do we keep, you know, the the family in agriculture too. So, you know, with mono agriculture and some of the other practices that we're seeing where um, it's contract growers in the poultry industry and the hog industry. Uh, so it, mono agriculture as in it, I run just a pig farm yes or yep, you know or it's just crops corn and soybeans yep. you know and and we were talking about this before the show too is how can we get more types of agriculture into one farming operation so diversity and you know i think diversity is what's really kept this country alive is because we can be so diverse it gets a little difficult once in a while but looking at agriculture we really should be as diverse as possible because if we throw out as they say throw all your eggs in one basket and you lose a basket you're done Whereas if you got 15 eggs in one basket and 20 in another and 30 in another and five in another. Well, it sounds like you're just doing eggs now. So now you're just back to the one basket. No, just back to poultry. Yeah. <laughs> 608-785-7914. If you got questions for Darren Von Ruden, the Wisconsin Farmers Union president, or just, you know, like farming questions, because I, I, you know, I might run out of them, but I, I don't. I, we have a pretty good list here, but. A lot of times the texters send, send something. I'm like, oh, that is that is a pretty good point. Other times, not so much. Uh, but we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Dear Von Ruden, the Wisconsin Farmers Union president, is in studio with me. He drove a 
John Deere? Did you drive? What did you drive up here? The I drove, new, drove, new... drove a Ford car, but oh, okay. I, I, I passed an international combine and a John Deere combine, and there was a Massey sitting in the field as I was coming. So I'm going to cover all different uh, equipment models there. Yeah, this is that time of the year. The, this is the is this the hardest time of the year for like the most amount of work you you guys got to do right now, and maybe the most stressful. Yeah, yep, yeah, and especially for the crop farmers. Uh, you know, certainly dairy farmers were busy pretty much all the year round, but crop farmers have the planting season in May basically, and then um, October, November with the harvest time and. Uh, soybeans are getting ripe enough now here and moisture is right so combines are really rolling right now this week especially with the weather um, and corn harvest will probably start as soon as the soybeans uh, get done. Uh, been talking to a few different farmers moistures are in that mid-20s yet and like it to get down below 20 for storage uh, because you have to dry it if it, it has to oh, go sure. in at 15 percent into the into the storage bins so um, anything under 20 is a good thing. If you can get it down to 15 in the field, you're doing a really good job. Everyone's got their dehumidifier in the silo or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is it when, when we have a drought like we did this summer, but then all of a sudden it just rains the last couple of, you know, like the last couple of weeks it's rained. Is that, does that help? I mean, it must help a little bit, but is it at that point, is it like, oh, we, we, everything we had is kind of lost? Yeah. You know, that rain would have been a month and a half earlier would have been so beneficial to help with yields. Although, you know, it's really surprising the yields that are coming off the fields. Uh, and part of that's the genetics I was talking about earlier. Uh, as crops have changed, uh, they're breeding more for all types of uh, conditions. Well, and you say genetics earlier. This was the conversation we had during the break that nobody got to hear because we just kept sure. talking. We never stopped talking about Because sure. yeah. uh, all these things I have on, on my list here of, of things to talk about, very general and just like, you know, like farming questions and like stuff I hear. And is, is this true? And is this a dilemma that you have? But let's go back to the farm bill. Um, that Congress has yet to pass and should have been passed last weekend. Yeah, right? it was. Uh, it expired on September 30th, and so being it didn't get passed uh, in either the House of Representatives, the Senate, uh, so the president had nothing to sign. I think if there would have been something in front of the president, um, you know, of what's been talked about over, the, especially last year in the heavier part of the negotiations, uh, I think the president probably would have signed something. But uh, being neither House or the Senate got anything done, it's in limbo right now. Um, all the farm programs are still in effect today yet. Uh, because they did do a continuing resolution to make sure yeah, that the, like that's funded. Another 40 days or so, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the farm bill, if we don't put something up or if they don't extend the farm bill for a year come December 31st, then we could see some real issues within different sectors of agriculture. Um, dairy would be the first one to really see something different. They call it the dairy cliff um, because we would revert back to the original plan, which is 1937 Farm Bill at that time, which puts in place parity pricing for farmers. So if farmers were going to get paid according to inflation and the way prices have increased over the years, we'd be looking at somewhere in the 47 to $50 per hundred weight uh, payment to farmers for every 100 pounds of milk that they produce. Okay. Today we're receiving about 14. 
Wait, 14 14, or? $14 per 100 pounds. And if we pound. revert, we'll, we'll get what? We'd, we'd be up to 47 to $50. Oh, you want to go back to the 30s then? You know, there's a lot of farmers that do, but we also. Are you all going? <laughs> but we also see that consumer shock. I, I will stop. I will buy the almond milk, Darren. That's <laughs> well, what that's, will happen. That's, yeah, and that's, that's why, you know, the dairy cliff most likely won't happen. Um, the last three farm bill cycles we've gotten pretty close to it happening, but it's never happened. Why don't we just write a bill that says if the thing doesn't pass, we don't revert to the 1930s. Like well, we revert to yeah. last year or something. Can't we just do that permanently? Or well, is that... well, that's the extension that I was talking about. Right. If Congress, But just make that like the, 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 the norm. norm the, right? You know, yeah. the, the default is we just... Is, do we not do that because then Congress just won't do anything? They won't ever change whatever the far, whatever you're asking the farm bill? Eh, we'll just do what we did last year, and then we won't have to worry about what you guys want. That, they, that could be a good possibility. you know. And, and we're starting to see, as the farm bill cycles are going through, too, there isn't as much debate about all the different issues today as there was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it's become more of a status quo type things so we'll make tweaks to this program or add something to that program another program the biggest issue that the farm bill faces today is funding and we have a, a group on the republican side that want to separate the nutrition title from the actual farm bill so the farm bill is made up of 13 different titles and one of those is nutrition title, okay. and that involves your school lunch programs your uh, some some of those dollars go to uh, the homeless. You have the WIC program. You know it's, it involves a lot of different things, but the focus by the Republicans is on those people that say that they say don't do any work. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that work really hard and still qualify for all of those programs simply because they don't have a big enough income in their part-time jobs right. to make enough money to go out and buy their food source. Well, all the farmers, you know, that are raking in the big bucks too, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some of them maybe <laughs> right, even yeah. on, on some of these programs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? A, well, when you when you look, has the Senate passed the farm bill? Because a lot of times we see the Senate now, which is like bonkers world, but we'll see the Senate get something done and the House just tweaks, is trying to tweak it or how are we, where are we at? Yeah, so the, the, House, the Senate's a lot closer to getting something ready for the president than the House is right now. Um, we were out there uh, September 11th through the 13th talking with our members about uh, mainly the Farm Bill, but also some other egg issues. But uh, coming out of the Senate meetings, it seemed like they were a lot closer to getting something done where the House, um, partly because that was when the impeachment process just started, and then now with the, the Speaker of the House has uh, been ousted, uh, you know, they're really in limbo. So I don't see anything coming out of there that's going to be beneficial other than we're going to need an extension to give them. The priorities are a little weird there, I guess. They are, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it, you know, it's frustrating as a farm organization leader watching what's going on there because, you know, we have a job to do within our daily lives. We elect these people to make sure that the country stays viable and also can continue to operate with some some efficiency. Yeah, so I would you're never going to see everything. I would say the food that we eat every day, <laughs> all the time, that sustains our lives is probably pretty important. It should be a priority in the in the legislature. Right, right, yes. yeah. And over the years, it's been, you know, pretty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say contentious, but it's been agreeable so that 
yes, we don't agree with 100% of it, but we can agree with enough to make sure that it continues to make sure that our food network stays viable and we get the food that we need. Are we, we need seeing it. like a status quo though? Do we need some like pretty big changes or at least at, uh, like a start to some big changes where farming becomes more sustainable? Well, I know a, a lot of our members would like to see some big changes within the farm bill right now. Um, some budgetary, but also just the, the style of agriculture that we're moving to. So we like to see diversity and make sure that we have many different opportunities to either make a living or, or lose your hind end on it. But right now it's getting to be where you're either going to lose everything with one commodity or you're Is this not back get to the mono business. farms? Like yes. the, yep. you're, you go all, okay, so we don't want... We don't want to subsidize. Well, what is the dilemma? I guess. Well, well the, the dilemma on the budget side is is that right now we have subsidies that one operation can get up to nine hundred thousand dollars from the federal government. The medium household income in most states is between forty-five and eighty thousand dollars, depending on what state you live in. So why are we subsidizing to the point of So when you say operation, like one, we'll just call it like one farm, right. quote unquote farm, right? Can get a 900,000 in a year? In a year, yeah. Because yep. they're, and what, like, what is an example of something like so that? So you're probably running 25, 30,000 acres of cropland, corn, soybeans, maybe some wheat, maybe some specialty crops in there. Um, you have a... You, uh, most bankers nowadays are requiring the farmer to have crop insurance. Um, and if you don't have crop insurance, uh, you know, for that size, you're probably not uh, doing things correctly because this subsidy is going to come to you. That's part of the farm bill language, the way it's wrote. You are going to get a subsidy for your crop insurance, and that's why the bankers want to be protected and that's how the insurance program operates. If you, like this year with the drought, there's farmers that are probably going to collect because yields weren't right. a county average. So if you're at 80% of county average, you're going to get a check from Uncle Sam or the insurance company. And I should say, they'll get a check from the insurance company yeah. because they've bought the premium, which the federal government has subsidized. 30,000 acres, I can't even fathom. Uh, yeah, it's Is, a, Are we talking, you remember the movie Interstellar? With with yep. uh all right, all right, that guy. Yep, yep. At the beginning, yep. right, all the tractors are, are are drones, right? They're essentially they're they're working off GPS. We kinda have that now. We're right? we're, we're getting there, yes, with technology again, you know. Is, is that what these thirty thousand acre farms are, are doing? To, like to, to, to better part, yeah. 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 And it's I, I guess that's there's not a not a problem with that, but so what are you saying is the problem with having a, a farm that size and collecting a nine hundred thousand dollar subsidy? What, what's the, 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 the dilemma? Well, it's, it boils down to this diversity thing again, too. Do we want to be a country that's dependent on one or two operators for our total food system, which is where we're heading? You yep. know? And we'll, we talked about this a little bit on break, too. In the meat industry right now, there's four major purchasers of 80% of the beef that's produced in this country. Yeah. We probably could really say it's about two because two of the – Two of them are working with each other. So, oh, sure. you know, it's right now it's, you can't prove it that they are, but when you look at the local markets where farmers sell their products uh, or sell their animals into, there's a lot of them that only have one or two buyers in there. Darren was on YouTube earlier looking at 
farming meat industry conspiracy theories. That's what he's doing right now. It's, it's not four, it's two now. I read this. There was a YouTube video. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, we'll continue this conversation. i got to take a break. We'll be back with uh, Wisconsin Farmers Union President and dairy farmer Darren Ron Rudin. I should have mentioned that. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I should have thought, like, she thinks my tractor's sexy, something like that. Darren, I should have played some of these, you know. John Deere, more... John Deere Green, yes. <laughs> yeah, some of these other songs. Uh, Darren Von Rudin is the Wisconsin Farmers uh, Union president. I I should have wrote it. If I write it down, then I could. I, I'm doing it off the top of my head. Um, he's also a dairy farmer, or organic dairy farmer? Organic, organic dairy, dairy farm, yes, okay. yes. Um, you told me you have like 300-ish acres and 50 cows? We milk 50 cows. And now, are you a small farm then with 50 cows? It we sounds... really are. Um, when I took over the farm from mom and dad back in 1990, a 50-cow dairy operation was an average-sized dairy operation in the state of Wisconsin. Do you have the carousel? Uh, no, we don't. Because I, I think when you have the carousel in there where the cows get on, I feel like then you're no longer a small farm. Yeah, You've yeah, qualified yeah. for big farming. Right, right, yes. And, and there's a couple of them in the state of Wisconsin, well, more than a couple. There's probably 10 or 11 of them in the state of Wisconsin now. And But, yeah, uh, today the average-sized dairy farm is 160 cows. So, you know, we're really on the small side. But with organics, it's helped us stay in business and stay that real, you know, true family farm operation. Is does that help you stay in business because I pay in eight bucks a gallon for the the milk and the growth? Is that kind of how that works? Yeah, that's how it works. You okay. know, and it's that it's that uh, dollar coming directly from the consumer, making it all the way back to the farmer, versus the modern agriculture where we're at. Uh, we're not as a farmer receiving nowhere's near the amount of the consumer dollar that we were back in 1980. So back in 1980, the average dairy farmer received about 45% of the consumer dollar. Today, we're receiving between 13 and 14% of that consumer dollar. So there's a whole bunch of money that's going to people between the farmer and the consumer. How do we, how do we change that? Well, or revert, is, do, is it good for everybody if we revert back to that? Well, you know, we should revert back to something different than what we have today. Okay. Now, going back to the original farm bill, I don't think that's going to be good for the consumers or the farmers. The farm bill we're doing right now. Right, right, yes. Okay. It needs, it needs some major changes because the trajectory that we're going on to is to have fewer and fewer owners in every style of agriculture out there which means that we don't have that diversity that we really need to sustain a profitable but sustainable agriculture system. If you have a multi-diverse farm, then you're not all in. And if something goes wrong, with the, if you have a mono farm like a one crop or a one animal farm right. and something goes haywire, an animal gets sick and all the animals get sick, then you're that's not good for anybody or is it good for that farmer because he he rakes in a bunch of insurance money well you know it's know. yeah if he's got insurance yeah, you know, yeah. it certainly does pay but that's not the way farmers want to make a living we we want to receive our dollars from the consumers and the way the current system is going we're receiving less and less from the consumer where is that more. money going well it's going to the middleman who's that guy the retailers the the processors, whether it's dairy, chicken, milk, uh, you know, okay. th- those entities are are making dollars, making money, but the the um, the so the retail industry, the wholesale industry, is where there's more dollars being made than there was back in the early days. Now, 
with the cost of fuel, that's also taken more out of that consumer dollar that's really being paid directly for those fuel costs. So is that something that's actually going to the petroleum industry right. or is it going to the owners of the petroleum industry? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. As you look at workers within pretty much any, any industry, the workers aren't the ones making the money. Right. This is like my whole like corporate profits, CEOs making record profits and salaries and everyone else. Right, right. Yes. And for some reason, that's not a, a big priority in uh, Congress. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, our ho- house rep, Derek Van Orden, uh, you've, you, uh, you pretty like you represent a lot of. Wisconsin Farms. I don't. Did you say the number? Like, do we do we have a number? So, so yes, we got uh, just about two thousand family farm memberships. So, if you take the average family is four, we got about eight thousand members. Okay, um, you know, throughout the state. Now, some of them are one year olds and two year olds and three year sure. olds too. So, they're not voting members, but we probably have roughly sixty four, sixty five hundred. At what point members does, that can vote? At what point does the kid have to? you know, start throwing the hay bale, stacking the hay bales. It depends on which uh, father or mother you're dealing with, I guess. <laughs> like but, five know. years old, seven, <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, we're getting and, there. And some kids want to start at three and four, yeah. too. You know, they just can't do they're as only, much. They're smaller than the hay bale. Right, so. right, yeah, yeah. And then if you're like me, you're just climbing on the hay bales. You're not doing any work at all. But, um, well, wh- what kind of negotiations do you, or, or not negotiate? I don't even know. Maybe it is negotiations. Conversations you have to have with him. In terms of getting that to Washington, in terms of then getting that into a farm bill, and how are those going? Yeah, so uh, one thing that Congressman Van Orden did do is set up uh, county ag committees, and I'm on the Vernon County Ag Committee. So we've had three meetings with uh, him and his staff over the last uh, six, seven months and talking about the different things that we would like to see in the the farm bill. And something that Wisconsin Farmers Union has been working on for a little over four years now is a dairy revitalization plan and what we're looking at there is trying to balance supply and demand so right now and for years we've had an overproduction in milk which causes prices to drop that's currently why we're at 14 dollars oh yeah every time you mention you're a dairy farmer i think like during covid milk was less than a dollar a gallon i think and i felt itchy every time i bought it i go just make it three dollars and give the other two dollars back to the farmers. I don't care. It's a dollar a gallon. This doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah. And you know, and looking at how that dollars would spread over the amount of milk that's being produced today, uh, you know, it's minimal impact. But the thing that frustrates dairy farmers the most is that we were getting twenty four to twenty five dollars a hundredweight for our milk back in March. Now we're down in that thirteen fifty to fourteen dollar range. The consumer price has not followed. Yeah. So all those dollars at the so they are doing the thing that I just said. Only you're not you're not getting the money. Right, right, right. Farmers, yes, yeah, you know. And so if if milk would be down to a dollar sixty nine a gallon right now, which by how farmers are being paid is where it should be at. Now don't stop going out and buying milk and and eating dairy products. We need you to do that. Yeah. But we have to get to a system where all facets within the system are being treated fairly. Yeah. And right now we're not there in the dairy industry. We're we're really not there in the swine industry and the hog industry. Uh, the beef industry has seen some gains over this summer again, and I think that's because of consumer demand, um, demanding that their beef comes more local, um, more in their home area versus Brazilian beef or beef from you know another country, Ireland or wherever. They want it here, and they would like to you know be a a closer partner with the farmer. And so 
can we do that with the farm bill? Yes, we could. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be really hard to with the current makeup of our Congress on not really wanting to address the real issues of concentration. And that's really what's hurting all of American agriculture and the consumer at the same time. Concentration being? Too few buyers of the products that we produce and too few people for us to buy the products that we need to stay in business. Is this back to the meat industry is 80% controlled by? Okay, that's what I was was thinking. Are all of the industries like that? Well, we're we're getting there. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and that's why... You know, this cap- is like monopolization, yep, yep, and, yep. and the farm bill and the Congress is not fighting that because it's not in their political interest. Well, maybe? just look at the how voting has changed over the last fifteen twenty years. Uh, Citizens United, where now uh, uh, businesses or corporations are actually people, yeah, and it can contribute un ungodly amounts of dollars to individual elected officials, and so. Looking at that aspect of it, you know, as as a small businessman, I can't put a hundred thousand dollars in my elected official's back pocket to vote the way I want to see him vote. I have to get thirty or forty of my friends together and go talk to him. You'd have to issue. do it with like mozzarella sticks yes, or something, yeah, yeah. which isn't the worst it's negotiating. Not, not the worst, but uh, you know, if they're Remember? Lact- if they're lactose intolerant, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, you're in trouble anyway. Then. Um, <laughs> This was years ago, and I'd, I'm not going to pretend that I read a whole lot about it, but I remember seeing pictures and hearing, and just like the vast numbers in India, mm-hmm. there was a giant farmer strike, and I don't know what they got out of that. But do you did you look into that? Yeah, did yep, you go? Yep, yep. Do we need to do that here? I, I mean, what would the, <laughs> would that help, or do you need? What if the dairy industry, Wisconsin dairy industry, went on strike, or or what, is that not a thing? Because there's this dairy industry, which is giant. And there's more like your farms, which is, and then you guys would just disappear because. Yeah, and we're disappearing right now anyway. And yeah, that farmer strike, and it had to deal with the, the dairy industry over there uh, because they wanted to receive a fair price, and they ended up ultimately getting that price for the products that they were sending to market. Yeah. Um, because they forced their government into a situation that said, you have to do A, B, or C, or we're going to strike. A, B, and C did not happen. So. The strike went, and they probably got D, which wasn't everything that they wanted. Right, but they got, they got something, which was a lot better than what they were getting. Can that happen here? It, you know, it, it should be able to. The The issue is is that we see the threat of a loss of your market within pretty much every style of agriculture by the processing industry that has become so concentrated. Yeah. Again, uh, we're back to one company doing most of correct, the work, correct. or a couple or, or companies, two or three companies. So yeah, even yeah. in the process, in the that's meat processing. Is there it, a same deal with dairy? So dairy is somewhat of an anomaly in the Upper Midwest. So we have enough processors um, throughout that we can move our milk um, at certain times of year. Now, spring flush comes, you're not going to move your milk, so you got to make sure you keep a market. Um, this time of year now, there might be some plants that are running a little light on milk, so they might take on one or two new patrons if mm-hmm. they can. But 30 years ago, I had 17 or 18 options of different processors within an hour, hour and a half of our home farm to send our milk to. Today, there's like five or six. Okay. And that's so, a problem. And that, well, it's becoming is that, because... Is that a problem Congress can address? Well, that's, yes, they can. And, and it, you know, farm bill-wise, can they do it the farm bill? Probably. 
can they address it on separate bills outside of the farm bill? They could do it a lot faster that way. And there's been a little bit of a push within some of the members on the Democratic side of the aisle anyway to really address this and make sure that we don't see agriculture go to the same system of agriculture that beef and yeah. hogs and chickens have. I mean, when you say that the price of milk is now what it is, but you're just getting less of the money, that is just like straight up, it's as baffling to me and it doesn't seem fair really. Like, right, I don't, right. what do you, so what I'm getting at, okay, my friend lives in Ohio when they come and they're from here, but they come back to Wisconsin, they just pack their whole car with cheese and they bring coolers. They know they're going to do this and they go home. So I'm just saying, like, this Midwest, this Wisconsin, this dairy industry, if you guys go on strike, then everyone's got to eat the crap Ohio cheese and whatnot. So you might have, you might have the ability here to, uh, to, to force Congress's hand if you just said, hey, yeah, the, right, the right. Wisconsin dairy industry is, is done until you change. Yeah, and, and there has <laughs> been, there has been a, a, attempts at that over the years. So in the mid-60s, the National Farmers Organization organized a milk strike, which made a difference. It raised the price. In the late 90s, the Upper Midwest Milk Producers Association organized a, a, a very small strike, but it was effective because the price of milk eventually got up to $14.50. Over the last four years now, Wisconsin Farmers Union has led a, a coalition known as Dairy Together, where we're trying to get things more equalized so that farmers can receive more of the consumer dollar. In the last two years, the cooperative that are cooperatives that are part of the processing industry on the dairy side are now starting to implement their own supply management mechanisms within their cooperatives themselves. Yeah. Now, is that good? Yes, it is. But what happens when you have two or three large players that are not involved in it? Now, all of a sudden, those smaller players that are limiting the milk that comes into their system are going to lose market share. So what we want to see is something that's nationwide so everybody participates in it. The big boys that want to get big are probably going to pay penalties on their added production, um, in which you know, right now we're seeing an operation that's coming into Kansas that's going to be milking 140,000 cows. That's what they're projecting. This is like supply demand. The gas price goes up and down based on how much. The same deal, right? Yeah, like yeah, same deal yeah, with dairy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with uh, Wisconsin Farmers Union President Darren Van Roon. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio here with me is Wisconsin Farmers Union President Darren Van Roon. And, like, we literally have not stopped talking about <laughs> Mostly because I'm trying to understand it, because I think that's what happens when you talk about a freshman in Congress uh, going into the U.S. House. There's probably a lot of that too. Like these people, they it's like anything. Like they if they they maybe are experts here, but then they're totally oblivious to the. That's how I feel a little bit. And I grew up. My uncle has a farm. Both my uncles had a farm. My neighbor had a farm. I you know, but I don't understand to pre- pretend to understand the industry. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it, and it's, you know, it's a complicated industry because you have so many different facets that are playing at tugging at one end of your business and taking from another end. And yeah. you end up with what's left, and a lot of times that's not much at all at the end of the year. 
but just dealing with government regulations with the processing industry that has their regulations that they have to look at, um, which I, I like regulations because it keeps us all honest. Um, oh, for sure. There's some folks out there that think that we should just get rid of every regulation that's out there. Well, we'll all be drinking it. really good water at that point. <laughs> right, I feel right. like the amount of manure that would be in the yeah, Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, when I first emailed you, I said, Darren, can you come on the show? We, gotta, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, solar farm versus farmland, and this is a Wisconsin and a nationwide thing. Like uh, the government's paying more for solar yeah, fa- land versus, and that would be farmland. Uh, somehow that you don't make as much money if you farm your land as if you put some solar panels on it. Is that the dumbed down version of this? It kind of, you know, because right now the incentives from the solar companies are really good for you to put solar panels up on whether it's one acre or 500 acres or even a thousand acre uh, you know there's different size projects being proposed throughout the state um, part of that uh, has to do with the inflation reduction act which put quite a few dollars into the renewable energy program um, solar seems to be the the key that's uh, a positive here in the state of wisconsin and you know there's just a, a push to make sure that we still produce enough food and I feel like we could have the solar panels, and then we could grow cucumbers on them because they'll climb. Yeah, yeah. They'll just be yeah. a big cucumber state. Well, and that's something that our membership <laughs> has had a, a lot of discussion about: is how do we make sure that we can still keep that land productive under the solar panels? Yeah, is it possible? It, it is. Okay. Um, you're probably not going to grow corn and soybeans underneath them, but certainly you can look at. Um, livestock would be a great way. Darren, to I don't do eat that, that much corn. I know I I drive a lot, and I don't yeah. eat soybeans at all. Maybe but, some soy milk, but yeah. but like, if, are we in a world where could we stop? Like, it's ethanol. I understand mm-hmm. corn to gas. The, the, yep. the, but There's it, energy, you know, it's that's part of the renewable energy. What are we doing with all the soy? Too, so. Is that going to the cows or what? Uh, well, a good chunk of it does, but there's okay. also you know. There's more soy oil in more of the food that we eat on a daily basis, just like there's more corn oil in more of the food that we eat on a daily basis. So, you know, every acre of corn is going towards something that we eat. Every acre of soybeans is going towards something that we eat. But the question is, is how can we use the solar energy mechanism to produce our electricity cleanly and still have productive ag products underneath those panels or do we need to really look closer at what's going on within the cities and using our parking lots that don't have any cover over it right and putting solar up there it's a little bit more expensive to do it that way but in the end would we be better off to go that route because then the the cars that well have i always snow said like, them, why don't we put all the solar panels out in the desert where it's sunny yeah, <laughs> all yeah, the time yeah. you know yeah, and then yeah. we could do wind farms or something right, here it right, would make yeah. a little bit more or, sense you know even throughout the state of wisconsin and you know and especially in the driftless area here we have a lot of hillsides that we can't farm yeah because you you can't drive a tractor or combine them now animals go on most of those hills but there's other spots that not even animals go to, but we have the mechanisms to put solar there. So why aren't we using these areas I mean, for the solar production? And it's within the generation system or within the power line grid system. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense to have distributed versus trying to pull all the electricity from Arizona. Well, I know La Crosse County is putting solar panels on all of their buildings. That's sure. like a thing that's going on right now. But yeah, when the La Crosse Center went through a forty-two million dollar expansion, I said. Either put a garden on that roof and start growing some whatever, yep. or put solar panels on that roof. And I don't, I don't know if they. Well, they didn't do the garden for sure. I don't know if the solar, the solar panel thing could always come to fruition. But, right, right, yeah. Um, 
it, it is a weird thing where the solar panel land 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 for solar panels is more than land for farmland. Is that more of a solar problem or more of a farm problem? You know, like mm, maybe we should get be getting more yield out of our our land for farming. Uh, no, it's more of a farm problem and. Part of that goes to what we've been talking to a lot about, that concentration issue. The farmer just cannot uh, recover enough of his costs for the commodities that he's producing from the marketplace where solar and where electrical prices are and where we're headed as a country. They can make a lot more per acre on a yearly basis by putting solar on their land than they can yeah. by continuing to grow corn, soybeans, uh, the, uh, peas, like beans, I, well, like I, well, and you brought up the other crops. I said if we just grew peas all the time, peas are hard. they don't last very long. So, right. and then I always make the joke we should just make them all asparagus farms because you're getting like four bucks a pound for that stuff in the store. Um, all right, that's uh, Wisconsin Farmers Union President Darren Von Ruden. Thanks a lot for spending the hour. We probably had about two and a half more hours to go when we we would have figured everything out. So. I can I can come back again, Rick. So. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Keith Knudsen on tomorrow.